Good morning, everyone. It is August 11th, 2016, and you are listening to Locked On Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I am the editor of OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and uh, we are here on Thursday. It is schedule day. Yes, we will have complete coverage of the release of the NBA schedule, which will happen tonight at 5.45 p.m. over on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, as well as on this podcast tomorrow. So, be sure that you're subscribed to our podcast on iTunes so you can get it the moment I hit publish and upload it to the website that I upload it to. Uh, make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Get it to your iTunes-enabled listening device. You can also subscribe to us on Audio Boom and Stitcher. So be sure to, to do that as the schedule comes out and the 2017 season becomes just a little bit more real. On today's episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the bigs, uh, always a fun topic to talk about, uh, definitely one of the most interesting uh, conundrums left for the Magic this season. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, Bismack Biombo and uh, his offense and what uh, what uh, the Magic can expect from him. And then I'm going to talk about an article that, that we published earlier this week about Nikola Vucevic and whether he might just be better, more productive coming off the bench. Not an argument to bring him off the bench, just suggesting he might do better against second units. But first, I do want to start with a quick recap of USA Basketball's 98-88 win over Australia yesterday. Uh, a really, really fun game to watch. Uh, frustrating if you're a USA fan, but Australia was brilliant. They've they've really played the best of any team in this tournament. Um, not enough to beat the U.S. Uh, yesterday, but... They're a very, very skilled team, and I don't think that uh, anyone should overlook them. Uh, outside of the U.S., they're probably playing the best of anybody in, in Rio right now. So you give them all the credit in the world for hanging tough with the U.S., giving them a, a good run for their money, uh, but ultimately coming up short. Uh, again, just fantastic game. Patty Mills, 30 points on 11 for 22 shooting. Delavidova had 11 points, 11 assists. Andrew Bogut, 15 points. Uh, David Anderson came off the bench to score 13. Uh, but the U.S. was just too much. They're shooting just a little too much. Carmelo Anthony had 31 points, made 9 of 15 three-pointers. I read that right, 9 of 15 on his three-pointers. Tyree Irving had 19.7 for 15. Both Irving and Melo carried the team in the fourth quarter when the game was still tight uh, and, and eventually helped them pull away. Uh, Kevin Durant, 14 points on four for 16 shooting. Just uh, not a good game. Not a good game overall for the U.S. in general. I think a lot of their flaws were really exposed, especially against a, a big mobile passing team like Australia. Australia, if you've watched them at all this tournament, run this beautiful motion offense. They've, they're really connected and in tune with each other. And the U.S. just looked a step behind. Uh, the U.S., because of their depth of talent and athleticism, have been employing a switching defense. They, they, they're... Switching just about every screen uh, on the floor right now, or on the floor. So uh, there's a lot of communication that has to happen, especially with a team that's passing as well as Australia. So you'd see a play where they'd run a pick and roll, and you know Durant or or Kyrie would even switch on to Bogut, but they wouldn't make the switch, and Bogut would just come free down the lane because everyone else is playing tight on their man. It was a very poor defensive game for the U.S., as evidenced by the 88 points they gave up. And Australia shot 50% for the game. So it wasn't a it wasn't 
a fluke. I mean, this is this is this is how Australia plays, and they were able to dictate the tempo of this game, and that's not a good thing for the U.S. The U.S. is not a good offensive team, and they proved that yesterday. Thirty nine point one percent shooting, forty three point six percent from beyond the arc, seventeen for thirty nine uh, from beyond the arc, but that means they went seventeen for forty eight. 17 for 48 on two-pointers. They only got to the line 18 times, and this is a team that's been averaging 30 free throws a game. We expect, with the talent the U.S. has, they should do a lot better. The truth of the matter is, they have enough talent to win these games, but they're not going to be easy if they have to play like this. It was a lot of three-pointers, a lot of one-on-one basketball leading to mid-range jumpers, uh, not a lot of getting to the basket. Not a lot of getting out in transition because they couldn't get stops consistently. Uh, and, and not a lot of the play the U.S. is going to have to have to to win the gold medal as comfortably as everyone thinks. This was something of a wake-up call for sure. This was something of a, uh, of a, you know, a, a dose of reality that this is... I mean, it's not that they didn't respect Australia. I think they respected Australia. But... This team is not perfectly constructed. We we said that um, I think I think I said that during one of the friendlies on on one of the podcasts I was on that if you watch this U.S. team, they're not as good of a three point shooting as they have been in the past, and they're not they they they, they they're missing a, a really good creator who can get to the basket. Uh, James Harden would be perfect for this team. They just need someone that's going to get into the paint and and mix things up. And no one has to carry the load. And this is where you know Team USA runs into a problem sometimes is that. They're all selfless, and they're too selfless uh, in the in Olympic play. Australia, though, did succumb to the pressure. They committed 16 turnovers, and that helped the U.S. stay in the game. The U.S. trailed at halftime for the first time since the uh, 04 Olympics, I believe, uh, and a game that they lost. So, you know, the U.S. showed some metal pulling this game out and making sure that they won the game. Carmelo Anthony is the unquestioned leader of this team, and he, he pulled through. Kyrie Irving also just a really great effort in that fourth quarter. Uh, but again, some concern for Team USA. Not a lot. Uh, they'll play Serbia on Wednesday. I believe that is a 6 o'clock game. As, or no, they play Serbia on Friday. Sorry. They play Serbia on Friday. That is a 6 o'clock game. And then they finish group play on Sunday against France. So a couple of big, ga- couple of big games left for the U.S. Uh, Australia looks to be their toughest opponent. France will be a very good team, too. Uh, but Australia is playing the best. Um, they'll probably finish second in the group uh, pending their game with... Fra- I think they beat France already, so I think they're, they're pretty clear to finish second in the group. Uh, we'll see how they react on Friday after this. Don't forget that today at 1.15, 1 o'clock on NBCSN, Croatia plays Brazil, so we'll get to see Mario Hazonia uh, today as well. So be on the lookout for that. On to our... Featured segment of the day, uh, talking about Bismack Biombo. Uh, Bismack Biombo, you know, he's still a really intriguing player. I think we all kind of know what we're going to get from him, and that he is going to be a shot blocker, a defender, a guy who can hedge really well on screens. Um, really, kind of the ideal defensive center in this league. The one thing Bismack Biombo does not do well is offense of any kind. He is not a good offensive player. He, he doesn't have he doesn't have fantastic hands. He has no jump shot to speak of. Pretty much all you're going to get from Biombo on offense is putbacks and dunks. So 
how do you use a player like this on the offensive end? The Magic clearly put a big investment in him. Four years, $72 million. Uh, it has us asking questions whether he's going to challenge for a starting spot at some point. Um, we'll get in. I mean, we've gotten into that plenty. We'll continue to discuss it. Um, you know, my bet is he will come off the bench to start the year. But how do you use him on offense? Because you're, you're gonna if you're gonna, you can't play five on four for very long. And yes, you do want to try the Serge Ibaka Bismack Biombo pairing and, and possibly the Biombo Ibaka Gordon trio, which doesn't have a lot of offense in it to begin with. Biombo's defense is unquestionable. Unquestioned, like he's going to be a a a, a big contributor on defense. But as David, as as our David Ivanowski wrote on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, Biombo does have some things he can do to help an offense out that go beyond shooting. I mean, he's not going to develop a a fifteen foot jumper over one summer. I mean, you'd like to see him do that, but it's probably not going to happen in one summer. Certainly not a free agent summer. But he does do some things that help an offense out. He's not completely useless. Uh, he is a very good screener. So you're going to see him set strong screens to free up your guards, get them heading downhill into the paint. And he's a big guy, and he can roll and get, and hopefully establish strong, deep positions so he can make easy hooks and, and dunks. Uh, he's someone that is mobile enough to keep a defense on their toes during a, in a pick-and-roll, even if he's not a threat to score. Now, they know that he's not going to pop, so that gives the defense an advantage on how they're going to play those pick-and-rolls, but he, he can certainly get to the rim and fly high, and, and setting a hard screen is the way to start that. Uh, according to NBA.com, the Raptors scored 1.18 points per possessions on pick-and-rolls where Biombo was the screener. He shot 63% when getting these opportunities. So obviously, I mean, he's playing near the basket, but Biombo's ability to fly to the rim, his athleticism to get above the rim, adds an element to the Magic's offense that they haven't had. No, no offense to Nikola Vucevic, he is not a rim runner. He is not someone rolling to the rim and putting pressure on the defense because they could throw it up and just, just send it to him. Biombo is the most athletic center the Magic have had since Dwight Howard, obviously. And that's, again... It feels like I'm knocking Vooch. It's there are Vooch unfortunately has seems to have some physical limitations that prevent him from doing things that modern offenses seem to do. So Bismack Miyambo's athleticism and his ability to set a hard screen really contribute to an offense in a way the Magic haven't had. And and I think Serge Ibaka is going to be the same way. He doesn't have quite the same athleticism. Uh, as Biombo, but certainly he's got the shot blocking ability uh, on one end and the the finishing ability on the other to go above the rim and, and dunk on guys. I mean, I think I, I, I wrote something on, on Nikola Vucevic for the site later today, or it should be up by the time you listen to this probably, um, about what Vuce can do on offense. And some of it is just be more physical, you know, be a little bit more intimidating, try and dunk on guys sometimes. And he may not have that ability in the same way that Ibaka and Biombo do. The next way uh, Biombo can obviously contribute is, is by hitting the glass. Uh, this is something Vucevic does really, really well too, and I think this will be a strength of the Magic. I, while I think that, I would have to check this, but I don't know if Frank Vogel is in the is in the camp of you know give up give up offensive rebounds to get back in transition. But with the bigs the Magic have, they should crash the offensive glass a little bit more. 
They should have at least one guy, maybe two, on the offensive glass at all times and rely on their athleticism in the backcourt to, to handle transition play. That'll be a really interesting thing to watch, actually, um, through training camp, whether the Magic go for offensive rebounds and might actually be something to look into uh, a little bit on how his Pacers teams played and, and whether they did well on offensive rebounds. But Biombo is a solid offensive rebound. He uh, uh, had an 11.5% offensive rebound rate last year, which was 17th of all players who logged at least 20 minutes. Nikola Vucevic was under 10% for the first time last year. Uh, again, I think that's a sign that he was moving away from the basket a little too much. Biombo's not going to move away from the basket. So, uh, he can't, obviously. He doesn't have any other offensive skill. So, a big way that is going to score some points and contribute to the offense is by getting the rebound and put and scoring putbacks. That's that's a big that's a, that's that's a skill that you need and Vucevic is very good at it too. So, again, this is not to say that he's not going to be able to contribute that way, but it's also a, a big thing that Biombo is going to bring this Magic team. No doubt Biombo is still a, a work in progress, and he's at the point of his career where he kind of is what he is. And we're not expecting him to score 20 points a night um, as you know some major free agents might. We're not expecting him to come in and tear the world up uh, and really surprise us with a, with a mid-range jumper. That's not what we're expecting. Remember, this is a guy who averaged... Uh, Five and a half points per game and eight rebounds per game last year, playing 22 minutes per game. He's going to see his minutes bump up. He'll probably be closer to 30. So, you know, his numbers will probably look closer to his per 36 numbers of nine points per game and 13 rebounds per game. If he settles in at nine points per game and, say, 10 rebounds per game, even off the bench, like if he can be near a double-double guy with the minutes they're going to give him, again, about half a game, I think the Magic will be very, very happy. And again, finding a way to keep him involved in the offense, finding a way to use the skills that he does have offensively, and it's not necessarily scoring. It's setting screens, both on and off the ball. It's rolling to the basket to force the defense to collapse a little bit and give some space to, to shooters and drivers. Uh, and it's about cleaning up the offensive glass. If he does those things, Bismack Biombo can be successful on the offensive end. That then allows us to turn to another question involving big, uh, involving the Magic's bigs, and that is how do you best use Nikola Vucevic? We spent a lot of time this summer debating who sh- whether Nikola Vucevic should start, whether the Magic should trade him. Those are going to be debates that will continue on uh, for a while. I don't think that's gonna go that conversation is gonna go away anytime soon. Like I've said, my suspicion is Vucevic will start the year as the starting center. Um, it's gonna be earned, but I, I would pencil him in as a starting center. I think the offensive concerns for this magic team are real uh, and they're they're gonna need some scoring in that opening lineup. Uh, my only question remains whether Ibaka can cover up Vucevic's defensive mistakes enough to keep the team as an elite defensive team. Remember, if the goal for this Magic team is to make the playoffs, 
they have to be elite on the defensive end. I'm not talking about good. I mean elite. Top 10 probably need to be top 5. And it can be done. I think the talent is there. But Vooch is a big question mark on that. But that, again, but like these questions that I've asked about Vucevic, and I know there's a lot of Magic fans that want to def- that are defending Vucevic tooth and nail. He's a guy that's been here for four years. He deserves a shot, and to a certain extent, I agree. So I- I'm not dismissing him. I'm not throwing him to the trash heap. Although I think it would be silly if the Magic didn't explore some trade ideas. With Vucevic, though, he has shown that he can be very successful coming off the bench. Surprisingly so, actually. We all know his numbers are good. He puts up good, good points and rebound totals. He does a very, very good job uh, just scoring. That's, that's what he does. But look at his splits. And this is, again, a small sample size, but it is something worth considering. James as a starter, Nikola Vucevic is averaging 18 points and 8.9 rebounds per game and 31.7 minutes per game. Again, solid numbers. Those are the numbers we come to expect from Vucevic. Again, his rebounds were low last year, uh, so it, it's not completely surprising. Or, or that part is a little, little jarring, I guess. But uh, certainly, Vucevic has ways he can still improve. Off the bench, though, in five games, five games as a reserve, not a huge sample size. And most of them came at the end of the season as he came back from the uh, uh, groin injury that he had. Uh, and Dwayne Dedman was playing well, and they kept him in the starting lineup. Nikola Vucevic averaged 20.8 points per game and eight rebounds per game and 26.4 minutes per game. He looked like, again, he's just coming off of injury, so maybe that accounts for it, but he looked like a rejuvenated player. The team was playing better. With a defensive center in the starting lineup, the team's defense was getting back to a, a better level than it, wa- than it was since the beginning of the season. And Vucevic was still producing. I don't recall Vucevic finished games still with that group, but certainly there is a way for Nikola Vucevic to still be a very productive, very good player while coming off the bench. The whole starter bench thing is an ego trip, to be frank. Who cares whether you start a game or come off the bench? Minutes matter, how many minutes you play, and who finishes is probably more important. Who finishes a close game is probably more important. Vucevic, though, has said at that time, I believe I'm the starter. You know, I want to start. I'm more comfortable starting. So... Certainly, there is still a bit of a disconnect. There is still certainly um, something the Magic want to do or or something that the Magic are are trying to get or that Vucevic is trying to get. Uh, from being a starter, or something that he just feels comfortable with. I mean, he, uh, coming to going to the bench is outside of his comfort zone. But the truth of the matter may very well be that that against second unit centers, Vucevic's defensive problems aren't as big of an issue. That 
what he provides the magic as a jump shooter, as a uh, offensive player, aren't as important or aren't as urgent when he's coming off the bench, when he's playing that reserve role. So, again, it, it's it's not an easy question to solve. And statistics, I mean, we, I, I, I present these numbers as food for thought, but they're not perfect either because this team is different than last year's team. The whole composition is different. You move Vuce, I mean, and this is the argument I anticipate people telling me. I was like, oh, you move Vucevic to the bench, who's going to score? Victor Oladipo's not in that starting lineup anymore, and repl- and you can get away with that with Dwayne Dedman in there instead of instead of uh, Nikola Vucevic. Instead of uh, you can get away with Dwayne Dwayne Dedman there because of that. And I think that's fair. I do think that's fair. One more stat that's just food for thought. As I pull it up here on NBA.com on NBA.com stats page. I don't know if I can even pull this up, so I'm not even going to bother with it. Um, I was going to try and figure out what his uh, splits were, what the defensive ratings were uh, with him coming off the bench, uh, but I don't believe I can do that, so I will not. Again, just, just some food for thought. Actually, I can. So, more food for thought here. As a starter... The Magic's offensive rating was 103, as, a, as Nikola, with Nikola Vucevic in the starting lineup, with Nikola Vucevic on the floor, the Magic's offensive rating was 103.0 and defensive rating was 105.8. With Vucevic coming off the bench last year, it was 107.6 offensive rating, 102.3 defensive rating. So some food for thought there about bringing Vucevic off the bench. That might ultimately be, you know, I mean, every NBA player moves on at some point. That might ultimately be where Vucevic finds success on a winning team. With this Magic team, he may not be willing to give that up. And as I've always said, it's always earned. Starter, bench, is always earned. You don't just get handed that position. Nor should you. And so... Vucevic and Biombo will fight for that starting center spot in camp, as just as everyone else is going to be fighting for, for their position uh, on the roster. I want to thank you guys again for listening to Locked On Magic. Again, just a, a, a fantastic way to discuss what's going on with the Magic. We've obviously been asking and trying to answer some big questions about the team. We'll continue to endeavor to do that. Uh, as we get closer to the season. But again, tonight we get some actual news. The 2017 season becomes tangible. I get to know what my life is going to be like for the next six months. I'm so excited. Tonight at 5.45 p.m. Eastern time, the NBA schedule will be released. We will have full coverage of that up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I'll be discussing it on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Magic. So be sure to listen to that. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Follow you know. Search Orlando Magic Daily. I post some fun links there as well as articles. There's some good discussion there in the comments as well. You can also follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily as well as uh, on the website OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I want to thank everyone again for listening to Locked On Magic. We will see you tomorrow when we have an NBA schedule.
See you tomorrow.